Community Matters. Now, one hour. Powered by Lakeview Ford Lincoln. Dickman at Washington in downtown Battle Creek and shoplakeviewford.com. Glad you're back with us for another Community Matters on 95.3 WBCK Saturday mornings at 8 and anytime at battlecreekpodcast.com. It is that time again. Check in with the Calhoun County Board of Commissioners and Vice Chair Steve Frisbee. Hi, Steve. Good morning. How are you? Great. Thank you for the visit once again. We have a couple of agenda items that we've alluded to before uh, that have been in, uh, well, on your agenda of late. That uh, One of them is that ORV ordinance that we talked about a couple months ago. Yeah, that came to us as a request from some of the rural townships who wanted to be able to let ORVs operate on their roadways in some some way, shape, or form. They needed to meet you know, minimum standards and speed limits and age limits and all that stuff. So we developed a countywide ordinance. And what we did is say, you know, every local entity gets to decide whether they're going to be part of that or not. It's really, uh, hey, we'll do this for you and we'll give you the opportunity to control it just a little bit more where you think it's safe. You know your road's the best in the county uh, and where it's where it can be accomplished and where it can't be. So I think it's a win-win you know, the city of Battle Creek, will they adopt the ORV? Probably not. And that makes sense in some respects, but I don't speak for the city either. They may, and uh, we'll see what happens. But it gives locals control over what can and cannot be uh, acceptable in operating in their roadways with ATVs so, or ORVs. Yeah. What's the underlying concern with that? Um, the the notion that in some, say, uh, agricultural areas or more rural areas, those uh, vehicles are used more often and maybe by those who might not be as old as someone who's operating a motor vehicle. Yeah, that was uh, one of the big concerns and why it was brought forward is it is a large uh, piece of equipment that is used in agricultural and the rural settings. And, you know, families um, have children that operate tractors and, and safely, and they make their decisions about when and when not, and those kind of things. So allowing this to happen, especially in agricultural zones, is going to be a benefit. All right. Also on your agenda has been uh, the, uh, I suppose, an item that we're always interested in seeing, that is uh, Firekeeper's revenue sharing, right? <laughs> right. And uh, we get 2% of the revenue sharing uh, of the slot winnings uh, from Firekeepers, the county does. And this year it was, uh, past year it was $6.2 million, significant uh, dollar amount. And everybody says, wow, the county gets $6.2 million, what are you going to do with it? Um what we do is turn around and, and distribute it just like tax payments normally would be. So Harper Creek Schools, the ISD, Willard Library, KCC, Emmett Township, they all get what is scheduled. The county gets their portion. It's not as a $6.2 million windfall for the county. It is for the community uh, in support of education specifically. So it's always a good day when Firekeepers decides to write that big check. Do you know well in advance about how much that's going to be? I assume those recipients would like to budget for that, right? But it must be tough. It is known ahead of time, um, and they track it carefully. Uh, it's part of the pact with the state of Michigan that they have to you know, keep that in order uh, at all times. So we know roughly about where it's going to land okay. uh, late into the year, but not 
you know, specifically until the year end is closed. So, you know, all the school systems and everybody else are, they keep their ear to the ground pretty close with that group to figure out where it's going to be and what they, where revenue is going to be for the year. I'll bet they do. They're trying yeah. to, to have some notion for uh, how yeah. they can spend money. You've got to know that. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. But, and 2%, uh, I presume that amount uh, can fluctuate and maybe it has. It has. Um, you know, when the casino closed, it was down um, below four or five million. So it was into the high fours, I do believe. When they reopened, it's continually grown. Um, not not huge amounts, but it usually grows every year. So Firekeepers is very successful at bringing people in uh, and getting them engaged into the gambling uh, within the Firekeepers. And we're grateful for you know the pact allowing them to share that two percent with us that we can distribute. Also on the agenda, speaking of money, we've heard a lot about ARPA funds over the yes. last uh, few years, and uh, there's more discussion where that's concerned. Yep. So it's the American Rescue Plan Act, which was a federal distribution back in the beginnings of COVID. It was designed to stabilize local governments, but then they gave you a, a very large chunk of dollars to do in community investments where you wanted to. We were down to about $2 million left, and we had already given the road department early on in the process a million dollars to help stabilize their budget from a lack of or a fall of revenue early on in COVID where people were not driving, staying home. We saw some uh, falling revenues as a result from Act 51, the fuel tax. So we put another million dollars in into the road department. And that is specifically designed this year to get us into the local road matches. So we have more than ever the number of townships and entities in Calhoun County that are willing to participate in the local road projects of re- repaving, redoing their local roads. And we're at the end of the funding cycle for Bedford, Penfield, Convis, and uh, Emmett will be there early in their cycle. But as those funds become, um, the bond payments become uh, obsolete from Bedford, Penfield, and Convis, uh, we needed something to stabilize that to be able to match. Uh, we're super excited that the number of local entities is is growing and steady in the amounts that they want to put into roads. So we wanted to give ourselves the ability to match everybody this year and get through that bond payment process um, that will free up more dollars for local projects. How do you look at that situation overall? I mean, uh, it's nice to have a, a bit of a windfall uh, it's probably not coming again, right? So let's knock on wood. There's not a a reason why we would a pandemic reason why we would need that again. Hopefully, and so it goes away. So you you say, hey, great, we're getting some some money we can use in these uh, thoughtful <laughs> ways. But there it goes. <laughs> yeah, and the biggest recipient to date of our ARPA funds are ourselves. You know, stabilizing budgets that were hit as a result of COVID. So lack of revenue, falling revenue. So that's okay, but you know, ARPA and the CARES Act and those kind of things are causing the pressures of inflation, as has been documented. So it was a nice thing to be able to do, but the reality is it's taxpayer dollars and it's now causing problem long-term in our economy. So it's a catch-22. We've used them, what we think is the biggest bang for the buck for the community and ourselves uh, to stabilize that. 
without raising taxes. So yeah, I hope it doesn't happen again. Right. Uh, and, and I suppose that was the goal, right? To uh, try to help stabilize with so, so local governments wouldn't have to raise taxes and uh, yep. cause yep. that stress. Some of those local nonprofits of homelessness and things like that are, they were bearing the brunt. They, they saw more people with the same or less revenue. So mm-hmm. we've helped a few of those out. Okay. We did also chat a few months ago about uh, the availability of certain uh, positions on committees and boards and uh, the opportunities for folks who might want to participate. How's that coming along? It seems like almost every board meeting, we appoint folks to committees and boards uh, throughout the county. And uh, last last week was no different. We reappointed uh, some longstanding SMAC, the Senior Millage Allocation Committee members, and a new gentleman to that board, Chuck Asher, as well as appointed and reappointed folks to the Summit Point Board. So it's an ongoing process. And if you're interested in serving in a countywide uh, board or committee, we would love to have you. Love to have you consider doing that. Just go to our website, CalhounCountyMI.gov, and go to the boards and committees and fill out an application of anything you may be interested in. There's not always openings. Thankfully, we we used to struggle to get people to fill those, and we seem to be doing a better job at inviting people and getting their participation. So go to the website, look at what's available, and fill out an application if you'd like to be considered. What do you say to folks when they uh, say to you, gee, you know, maybe I ought to consider doing that? Uh, how do you frame it to help them think about it? Yeah, I've had several, and, and I ask them, what's your passion? You know, try to match up your passion and knowledge base with what's available. And if you have a broad base of knowledge, you probably fit in a whole bunch of places. If you're very uh, narrowly focused in your passion and your knowledge, that's okay. Just find the board that fits. So, you know, being on the senior millage allocation committee, uh, one of the qualifications is understanding what seniors need. And uh, as long as you can do that, that's a pretty broad committee. They, They get people from all over the county. We try not to, you know, have them from one area versus another, we try to distribute that and look at the skills they can bring. And we allow those boards to bring forward their own um, nominations. We don't we don't impact those very often. It's been rare where we said, no, we're not going to appoint that person uh, for various reasons. But uh, most often those boards and committees make their own recommendation. So they make their own recommendation. Uh, but, of course, the county can, as you point out, uh, step in if you think there's an issue there. Yeah, it's only happened a couple of times, and mm-hmm. there were good reasons why we said absolutely not. Um, and I won't get into why those were, but there was some uh, bad decision making that had gone on in the past that involved those people, and we said no, we're not going to put them back on a board and have them doing that again. All right, uh, so the application is on the website, and uh, we'll make the link to that as we always do in the show notes for this episode at battlecreekpodcast.com one other item on the agenda had to do with delinquent taxes so the treasurer uh, brian wensauer presented us with an option of uh, allowing him to borrow money which he does annually he has to make the the county treasurer has to make the local treasurers whole so when someone doesn't pay their taxes, the county bears the brunt of that. We're the ultimate taxing authority in the, in the county as the county. So he makes them whole. And then as taxes are collected uh, later on, sometimes with interest, or not sometimes, if they've gone past the deadline, there is a little bit of interest and it compounds. And um, 
fines and fees. So then Brian, the, the treasurer, borrows money to make sure that we don't put ourselves in a cash crunch as a county. And he's done a great job of investing dollars. So it makes no sense sometimes to take out investments that are doing fairly well. You have to look at that as a business decision each time and how much you're going to borrow versus would you cash in some of your investments. And most times it makes sense to borrow dollars. And Brian's very good at paying those back. So he'll borrow a few million dollars, uh, enough just to cover the needs to fill the unpaid taxes locally. And um, he'll have that paid back in less than four months, typically. So he does a great job at managing the, the funds as they come in and out of the county. Just last week, we chatted with Krista at the Land Bank about uh, properties that happen yeah. to uh, fall under their umbrella. Lack of uh, a tax payment may be some of the reasons why they end up with properties on their rolls that they end up trying to sell again, but it takes some time to do that. So it makes oh, yeah. sense. If you can imagine, yeah. it's exactly what we talked about. The idea that suddenly we may not be collecting tax revenue on a certain property. And, and as yep. you can zoom out and take this view, here's the effect of that, right? Uh, it's, Absolutely. It's a different revenue situation. Go back to the 08 crash and the effects of it typically yeah. aren't seen for in the tax uh, foreclosure for two years. Yeah. So by 2010, when I was elected, we were dealing in multiple hundreds of tax reclamations of foreclosures. So now we're down into the 70s and Brian and his staff have done a great job at looking for programs that help people that are behind, that catch them up and allow them a little bit of extra time. Surely they have to pay more fees and, and fines, but it allows them to keep their home. So some of the most typical participants are um, seniors, you know, with a limited income, uh, taxes that go up or uh, are stable, but everything else around them, like today's society and, and economy, um, they don't have the dollars to necessarily pay their taxes on time. So how do you avoid foreclosure? Foreclosures, everybody thinks, well, the county loves it, they get property. Uh, no. We don't want that. We want right, people right. on the tax rolls. We want people in their homes to be comfortable and be able to afford their homes um, and being and being a support mechanism for government uh, as, as it's intended. So foreclosures are a bad thing when they happen in the county and it's a last resort. And Brian does a great job of trying to get to the last resort and that's it. So we've gone from several hundred down into the 70s now and decreased even again this past year. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, Krista was quite clear. And, and even if you zoom out and just listen and think about the entirety of our conversation, the notion that once the county does end up with properties and then maybe it goes to the land bank, uh, those same responsibilities of trying to uh, maintain property that is now technically oh, yeah. not owned those yep. don't change. You might have to put a roof, got to have the lawn cut. And by the way, the, the, the folks, the great folks, I'm sure who, uh, who maintain some of those properties for the land bank, they don't, they get their regular going rate yep. from the land bank for, for that service. So if you've, if you've, yep. uh, contracted to have your, your lawn mowed, you know how much that can be. Right. Uh, all of that. So why would the county want to own that? We would much rather an owner be maintaining yeah. their own property. It, and when I started as a commissioner, 
the land bank, between the land bank and all the different foreclosure processes, we were by far one of the largest landowners in Calhoun County. And we all said, we can do better than this. This is not who should own the property. It should be in the hands of private individuals. And uh, we've worked closely with the land bank to make those happen and get back out on the market. Uh, the tax sales, uh, the auctions that they have are very good. So again, I think Brian and Krista have done a, a really good job at trying to keep properties in the in the taxable system versus a county-owned you know, property that's really doing nothing other right. than adding costs, like you said. Right. And, and affecting the neighbors and, and all of those yeah. things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want an abandoned house next to you. No, that's, you don't. That's not good. All right. Well, that uh, catches us up on where we've been as you look forward to, to April. Uh, anything that's particularly on your mind in terms of the agenda? Our April meeting will be the second Tuesday by law. Uh, every county commission has to meet on the second Tuesday to do their tax assessments. So um, that's the only change. And that'll be the only meeting I believe we have in April. So this, instead of the first and third Thursday in April, it'll be the second Tuesday. All right. Well, we certainly will catch up with you after all of that and get an update. All right. Have a great day. You too. Steve Frisbee with our Calhoun County Board update on Community Matters.